Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Talents podcast. Within this series, we talk to inspirational leaders from around the world of HR, bringing you top tips, tricks, experiences and techniques, all with the intention of making your organisation irresistible and hopefully sharing insights that will help you unlock the potential in your people. Welcome to episode 14, where we're going to be discussing inclusive leadership and its importance in the modern day workplace. I'm your host today, Craig House. I am the client partner here at Let's Talk Talent, and I've been really, really looking forward to today's podcast. The topic of inclusive leadership is on the minds and agendas at the moment of many, many people, and is really relevant not only for the HR community, but also to all the leaders, current and aspiring. So I'm really excited to discuss this topic today. So I'd like to welcome today's guest, and I'm really excited to be joined by Professor Stefano Battaglia. Hello, Stefano. How are you doing today? Hi, Craig. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And um, Stefano, do you want to um, talk a little bit about your background and, and what you currently are doing? Yes, absolutely. So I am an HR consultant and a business school professor. Uh, specializing in organizational behavior. As for a lot of people, my kind of my work life has been put a bit upside down by the, by the pandemic. And I have been in a sort of privileged position, I think, to, to observe how people's attitude and expectation have changed as a consequence of the pandemic we have all been experiencing in the, in the past couple of years. And I think the pandemic has magnified management and, and leadership problems that were already existing before the pandemic, but now have become so evident that the leader will not be able to simply, I think, revert to the old way of, uh, of managing team. There is a need, I think, to be more, more focused on well-being of their employee, also on helping them to feel more heard, uh, to feel more included. And if not, people, I think, will be, will be living, as, as we have been seeing uh, with this great resignation happening in, uh, in the past year or so. Uh, so I think in this new sort of post-pandemic workplace, it will become more and more important to practice inclusive leadership. And so that's why I got so interested in it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And, and I'm totally in agreement with you. The great resignation, the great attraction is such a key piece at the moment. And I'm really interested to, to understand from your perspective what the impact of inclusive leadership has on there. But I think we should start from ground zero, just so that anyone who's listening, that, that inclusive leadership is brand new to them. So if we start from the foundations and what we believe inclusive leadership is, but also to that, what it is not. So if you want to describe to us what that foundation level is, that'd be great. Yeah. So I think inclusive leadership reflects a sort of a new way of leading team. What we learn, I think, with the pandemic is when people feel that their uniqueness is appreciated and they have this, this sense of belonging, yeah. they really feel included. And then and this unleash their potential. So they perform at their best for themselves first, but also for, for the organization. It's not so much about celebrating diversity as the sort of the name I might suggest, but of course that is really important as well, but it's more about fostering a sense of belonging. I think that's really the, the, the core message of, of inclusive leadership. Uh, so of course, some of the core aspects of, of leadership, such as uh, setting direction or influencing others are, are unchanging. But a new capability is emerging, I think, as, as vital, and it must change the, the, the way we live. So I think more than ever is required now to be more human-centric, so bringing a, a stronger focus on, on empathy, for example, on care and, and, and on well-being at, at work. 
And, and one thing that I definitely want to touch on, um, I'd love to know the relationship between empathetic leadership and inclusive leadership, because I, I hear them being thrown almost at the same, the same topic. So it'd be good to understand what that difference is. But from your perspective at this moment in time, the people that you're dealing with in your world and you're discussing with, what are we seeing as the role of inclusive leadership in the modern day workplace and workforce? I think there's a very important role for that because uh, I think this has an important implication for how organizations are currently assess, uh, coach and develop uh, leader. As I mentioned before, I think we are experiencing a crisis of leadership was already there uh, before the pandemic and of crisis of trust as well. And the pandemic has put like a magnifying lens of all, all our limits. As a, as, a, as a leader. So I think it's very important that we, we, we need to help HR leader to think about the quality of an inclusive leader and how to help their organization to cultivate uh, what I call inclusive capability across their leadership population. And the challenge is, is that each organization is unique. And so it will require a very, a very sort of tailored approach for being able to cultivate a culture of, of, of inclusion. And I think building on from that, I've seen or, or, or particularly read over the last couple of weeks that actually a lot of research has been undertaken around inclusive leadership and, and also empathetic leaders across the pandemic and crises, because, we're, again, we've faced uh, a lot of periods of time that people probably haven't well, people haven't experienced before. And that was found that actually more inclusive and empathetic leaders together, they gained improvements within areas such as employee loyalty, engagement, collaboration, employee satisfaction and creativity, which in turn are all factors that improve productivity and business growth, especially during um, turbulent situations, which understands why it's probably come to the forefront of lots of people's minds at the moment. So it'd be really interesting also to break down what we feel um, from our perspective, what the qualities of an inclusive leader is, so that people can start to think about actually how do they apply that in their modern day world. Yeah, so there are fundamentally four very important qualities that describe an inclusive leader. And I, I, I will start from probably the most important one, I think, which is uh, purpose and being purposeful. It's really about being guided by a clear purpose and even more important, probably being able to communicate that to, to all your, so your employee. So it doesn't need to, it need to be done in a way that resonates with, with people, but it's also about helping them to find their own purpose uh, and helping them so to look at themselves, look at their strengths and, and really figure out what they are driven uh, what is the main thing that sort of drive them? Uh, so the first characteristic is, is, is purposeful. The second characteristic very linked to that is, uh, is being connected. Basically being in touch with uh, your team reality. So being able to remain connected despite the virtual working, the remote working that we all been, been experiencing and uh, really be able to hear truth from people. In that sense of being able to develop what we always refer to as a psychological safety. So people tell us what they really think rather than what we want them to, what we want to hear. So that's the second characteristic of so being, being connected. The third one is being balanced. And uh, we could probably also use other words for referring to refer to, to balance. Uh, that would be, for example, being agile or being flexible. And it's about having that uh, social sensitivity to really understand the person that we have in front and also the situation that we are dealing with 
and be able to make sort of a more sensible approach. So it's about developing also what I like to call intelligent disobedience. So be able to balance relationship and result and appreciate that for every good characteristic that we have as a leader, there is an opposite, which is equally important. So I want to give you a couple of examples of that. So think about today, very complex world of work. And uh, we could say that it's very important, for example, to be courageous, to have courage, but it's equally important to be humble. And we cannot know that very well. So it's important to be strong and confident, but a lot of research has shown that it's equally, if not even more important to show vulnerability. It's important to be decisive, yet to be flexible, and, and it's important to be strategic and, and yet creative, maybe outgoing yet introspective. And at least can go on and on. I think you, you, you are getting the message here. And even if we want to think about the whole business, we could say that it's important to be global yet, yet local. So the main point here is to, to understand that as a leader, we need to develop this wider range, as I like to call it, which allow us to tap in all these important characteristics in different circumstances. And that's what basically I mean being, being balanced. And the, finally, the last characteristic is being resilient. Being resilient is about being able to bounce back, uh, that growth mindset to kind of defeat challenge, but primarily to defeat uh, burnout uh, as well for ourselves, but then being able to become a role model uh, for our team. So how do we do that? I think we need to become more aware of our energy, uh, sort of a different type of energy that exists within us. And how do we take charge and, and care of, of that energy? So how do we recharge ourselves both physically and, and mentally? These are the, the, the four main characteristics, I would say, of an inclusive leader. So again, being purposeful, being connected, being able to be balanced, and uh, being resilient. I think one of the key messages from what you said there that's really resonated with me is the human-centric approach, that even though you are a leader, to be more human and actually be vulnerable and be that type of leader and show vulnerability is, is a, a key sort of takeaway from me from what you said in those areas. And I think one piece that I'd like to almost bolt onto that as a, as a bit of a side question, which is which is around burnout. Burnout seems to be a, another key topic at the moment. Um, in my role, I'm talking to many different clients and understanding what's happening in their world. And more and more times come up that actually burnout is occurring not only within their leadership teams from the last couple of years and the challenges that have occurred, but this is now starting to almost sink down through the organisations and, and people are seeing that in their teams as well. Touching what you said about energy and sort of using those energy pieces to actually take time to figure out how to come out of that burnout stage, reflecting back to, say, the energy quadrants that I know that we've spoken about before, what were the recommendations you'd make for somebody who knows of somebody who is in the burnout stage or somebody who's going through that personally to recommend to them to get them out into, say, a more recovery type position to, to lead to high performance? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And so I think, as I, as I mentioned before, first of all, to know the energy quadrant and understanding uh, energy, I think, is key. I and mean, it's something that probably we, we don't do much of it. Uh, so understanding uh, the different, different type of energy that we have and how that influences each other. So our own physical energy, how that influences our emotional energy. And so the quality of energy that we currently have at the moment how that influences then the focus that we have on, on kind of what, what we are doing and also how we generate energy by social 
environment, so by people around us and by, by the purpose. So I think it's very important to, yeah, first to, to kind of put energy at the front of, uh, of, of what we are doing and start discussing that much more. Uh, and I think in order to do that, of course, we first need to kind of work on our own awareness, so become more and more, more aware of our daily energy flow, to anticipate kind of a cyclical rough period that we might have. So really taking care of us physically and psychologically. And then this become, I think, a, a rule, become like a role model for everybody else uh, in our team. And so in that sense, then it's about taking an active role in promoting that resilience and show how we are doing it. You know, I am a stronger believer that we kind of, kind of lead by example and we need to show with all the difficulty how we are trying to, to take care of our own energy and so helping people to build a sort of their own resilience plan that can help them really to, to take care of themselves. I think the fear with my fear with all this well-being program, which we have been seeing increasingly offer uh, in the past few years, is that they end up being very much uh, individual focus and is up for people to kind of pick it up on that. And what we're seeing is that for a number of different reasons, people not necessarily respond to that. So the program are there, the company are investing the money in this program, but then there is not an adequate response from, from people. And I think this is very much about tackling the problem as a team rather than, than individually. And that's need to come from, from the leader, need to come from the manager, uh, so to model the way, I think, in terms of energy and therefore in terms of resilience. I think it becomes more self-sustaining then as well when you build yes. up uh, a team those peer-to-peer -peer networks that actually you know that as a group of individuals you're getting together to push through those difficult times you've got people that that have your back yeah. that know and can see actually when your energy falls and actually they can see that and actually give you help and advice and guidance rather than if you're individualistic and focusing just on yourself and yes. um, there's less of that chance it's better to have that objectivity of somebody looking into you to see the the changes because they can see those uh, more more yeah. frequently than than you can yourself. So that's really great. Thank you so much for for talking around that, those energy quadrants. We have discussed a little bit around inclusive leadership and empathetic leadership. So it'd be really great to know from your perspective and your understanding what is the relationship and all the difference between the two. Well, I think empathic leadership is uh, is equally very important and is a way a part of, of this of discussion we're having today. If you think about it, it's having the ability to understand the, the need of others and be aware of their own feeling and, and thoughts. So that's what kind of empathic leadership is. So if you think about what I said before about being connected and then being resilient for yourself, but then helping others to become resilient is very much about having that emotional connection with, with, with the people that we are managing. I think the main difference I see is that by almost by definition, empathic leaders tend to focus on how we do connect with others. Uh, so how do we develop that emotional intelligence to, to create that, that, that connection? And I think that's not the old picture. Uh, so inclusive leadership has sort of the same goal, but encourage us, I think, first of looking at ourselves in a more holistic way. Uh, so looking at our own purpose, looking at our own energy, as, as I mentioned before, looking at what I call sweet range. So having this balanced approach where we can appreciate that opposite characteristics are, are equally important, as, as I said before. So I think they, they very often, uh, with all this different type of leadership model we have, they aim for similar type of outcome, but with slightly uh, different focus. But definitely... 
empathic leadership is, is, is part of that. So you cannot be a good inclusive leader, I think, without developing a strong, strong empathy. And it's really great to hear the, the similarities between them, because I'm sure many people listening today know that these these two terms get thrown around. So it's really great to actually understand how they sort of come together. And it's really interesting to, to hear that. Now, building on further, there's one thing I have to talk to you about. Some people may know about this, some people may not, but you've you've been fundamental part in building a program that's really building out what, what we mean by inclusive leadership um, and, and almost throwing the rule book out the window in regards to learning and development for leaders. So I'd love to talk to you about the new Leader of the Pack workshop. And if people know about it or don't know about it, I know there's details about it on the Electoral Talent website. But you've been fundamental in creating this workshop. Can you tell us a little bit more about this workshop? As I mentioned before, I think we are a company around the world are, are facing a sort of a leadership crisis. Uh, there's a lot of evidence of that. So there was an interesting research published on people management and Vendor 220 uh, found that nearly two-thirds, roughly 73% of the interviewee felt that the organization leadership has been lacking during, during the pandemic. And then there was another interesting study in uh, Forbes in 2021, so like roughly six months ago, showed that only 11% of a survey organization, which were over 15,000, reported they had a very strong or strong leadership bench. So, and this was the lowest which have, they have rated it over, over 10 years. And the company who did the survey really talked about uh, a risk of a lost generation of leader. Uh, and what we have been seeing that because of, because of the pandemic, those leaders which are transitioning into a new role during the pandemic reporting a significant drop in terms of, of support, or in terms of receiving feedback or development opportunity or, or assessment. I think we, we, we have to recognize that this, this, there is this gap and, uh, and kind of need to be a need to somehow to be tackled despite in the past we have seen an increased uh, spending in terms of leadership development. And uh, the program, the, the leader of the park program was born uh, out of realization that uh, what we are teaching in, in dog training is not really uh, just helping dog, but actually is helping the dog owner to become a better leader. And this could actually be very beneficial for everyone who wants to learn about becoming a, a better manager and leader. And this is because dog can sense leadership in a person by observation. Uh, so there is a lot to do with uh, the non-verbal communication and our presence and our posture and our energy, which determine the effectiveness of a good dog owner and becoming a leader for your dog. So thanks to the program and the interaction with the dog, we are able to boil some of the principle of leadership down to, to the very basic. And there is a, a great quote, which I think shows this, which says that animals don't follow unstable leader. Only humans have leaders who lie and kind of get away with that. <laughs> and so the, the program really gives life to, to very important concepts in leadership, such as social sensitivity and energy awareness. And people are able to experience that through the interaction uh, with the dog. So in order to do that, we have set up a half a day uh, workshop and it's been looking really, really promising so far. So we're really looking forward to see how, how the community will respond to this. And am I right in saying that you actually have dogs there in the actual workshop with you? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So people will be able to observe uh, the interaction between our chief dog trainer and the dog, but also interact themselves. And this is really part of the training. So that interaction with the dog is what created that interactivity, which created the light bulb moment, 
which allow people to learn, I think, on a different level. Amazing. That that is well, in, from my perspective, absolutely groundbreaking. Site really new and 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 fun. And I think also having a point of difference. We've all sat in the in, in these L and D type workshops, almost been a part of a lecture for for half a day, which which normally people say there's one or two things that stick with you through the whole um, program. But I'm, I can imagine that having dogs in there, there's different cues that almost stick in their minds. Um, so I think it's a really great and groundbreaking program so well done for creating it I, I don't envy you uh trying to trying to work out how dog training aligns with the leadership world but you managed to get there and it sounds fantastic so uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that in person and just to summarize uh, Stefano it's, it's been a really really interesting conversation and it's quite clear that we can talk about the the topic of inclusive leadership pretty much all day there's so much there that we could be discussing and talking about and how it all impacts the the world of work moving forward but I'd like to just pull together some key takeaways as how a leader who's in a position at the moment or an aspiring leader can start to make their first steps to become a more inclusive leader. What are the, the key steps you, you would advise them to take? The main takeaway, Craig, is that there is an urgent need for, for, for inclusive leaders. So that's what I really try to communicate um, uh, so far. And uh, I think... All managers can start come on, becoming more inclusive, try to do uh, a, few, a few things in, in, in the different domain I, I mentioned before. So, for example, I think in terms of purpose, uh, probably as I mentioned, uh, the most important is about making the time, a little time maybe each day or each week to think about the purpose. Think about how that is unique to you. As a, as a leader, so it's addressing really who you are and not so much your, your, your job role and really focus on communicating your purpose as frequently as you can and really get better at it. This, as I mentioned, need to resonate with people, uh, but also then become a sort of a role model for also helping them figure out their own purpose, uh, primarily by focusing on, on their strengths. Uh, so this is what I would, uh, would say in terms of purpose. In terms of being connected, it's really about getting to know people personally. So sort of common practice here, like checking regularly, asking questions to demonstrate that, that you really care. But also more wider, create that consistent connection ritual between people. So we create the opportunity to continuously offer praise, offer appreciation on an ongoing basis so that people can feel that, that, that connection, which has been so much harder to maintain uh, you know, with the transition that we have experienced on, on virtual working and remote working. And in that, I think it's very powerful to, to share uh, vulnerability. And uh, we have seen that this really fostered foster belonging. And I think on that, it's equally important to create, make it easier for people to ask for support. So created what I call this reciprocity ring. So I ask you something and you can ask me something back. And we have that consistent structure for making that happen, for making it easier to ask for help. And so that we, we do feel more, more connected. In terms of balance, it's about understanding yourself. as very often in, uh, in, in, in leadership training. So understanding what are your natural tendencies, especially in situation of stress. Uh, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? But then develop that sweet range I was, I, was, I was referring before. So try to broaden your range according to the circumstances that you are facing. And I think this requires a lot of self-reflection. And, uh, and I think the process can be strongly announced by formal coaching. So having a coach and discussing 
your preference, but also the, the opposite of uh, each individual characteristic, I think it uh, can be very, very uh, beneficial. And finally, on, on, on energy and uh, on, on being resilient, as I said before, is really about becoming more aware of your, of your energy flow and sort of invest in your physical and psychological health. I think this is, is extremely important. And then having a, a team focus, as I mentioned. So really taking an active role in promoting resilience and boosting energy for the whole team and show the team how you are doing it yourself. So how you are trying to build your own resilience. And nobody get it perfect, uh, but it's actually showing how we try to do it, show us our vulnerability, become a, a role model for, for, for all our teams. So setting this resilience plan and raising this awareness of, of energy, I think is key. And, and, and on that, I think, uh, yes, attending the, the leader of the pack, for example, would be uh, an excellent connection there because we'll cover energy in, in, in much detail. Some really, really tangible takeaways there uh stefano thank you so much and thank you for your time and joining us uh on the latest that's all talent podcast it's been really great to hear your opinions and a real key takeaway for me is is one as you said at the, at the, at the start of the takeaways the urgent need and requirement for for leaders to be more inclusive is, is a real key takeaway and and for everything summarizing the one thing i'm taking away from that is the human-centric approach actually everything you've talked about there is actually being more human as, as a leader and, and and almost recognizing energy in yourself and others um, that they're, they're sort of the key takeaways from myself um, so thank you so much for joining us thank you so much Craig for having me again if you enjoyed this podcast please rate us and subscribe to be the first to be notified about our next and upcoming podcasts